1: And with that, here's WCCO Radio Chief Meteorologist Paul Douglas. The rain is almost over. A lot of spots picked up two inches, give or take, since Tuesday. And now we dry out, and the winds kick in. And yeah, it's going to feel more like late November out there by tomorrow morning. Temperatures dipping into the upper 20s tonight. And then tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies. I think the first snow of the season for southern Minnesota, where there could be a slushy coating. Here in the metro, maybe a few hours of light snow or flurry Saturday afternoon i don't think it's going to accumulate temperatures above freezing wouldn't be shocked to hear reports of a dusting but that's it mid 30s only on saturday sunday the sun peaks out upper 30s another chance of slush conveniently timed for halloween with winds gusting to 30 and a wind chill near 20 no blizzards but pretty numbing halloween 2023 all right thanks paul right now we've got 37 degrees cloudy skies i'm steve simpson on News Talk 830-WCCO. Thank you, Steve. Uh, that's the spooky music you found. <laughs> this sounds like a kid's Halloween. Hey, you, I asked if you wanted cheesy, spooky music. I, I didn't say cheesy. Cheesy. And you I didn't said yes. Cheesy. You just said you got yes. Got that right. No way to welcome our guest. <laughs> ah. Dave Schrader uh, filled in for uh, me and Jordana a while back. Yes. And Dave, you might know Dave from his uh, his... Pursuit of the Paranormal. And the reason we're bringing Dave on today, because next week, uh, he's going to be at the Lexington. Now, the Lexington, I think of, Jordan, I think of the Lexington as a classy joint, a classy, Mm -hmm. classic St. Paul uh, steakhouse. But apparently, Mm -hmm. uh, is it so, Dave, as we bring in here on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline, am I missing something? Is the Lexington a home of paranormal activity?
2: It is. I was surprised by that myself when they invited me last year. They said, uh, we've got, uh, you know, we have people come in and investigate from time to time, and then would you be interested in doing that, and then doing a little meet and greet with some drinks, and so that's what I'm doing again this year. We had such a good time and caught some strange activity that uh, they brought me back in. We were hoping to connect with uh, different spirits this time, and we brought uh, my, my tech, Kevin Swanson, who has all this great uh, technical gear to try to measure different, uh, elements from electromagnetic fields to recording. If things are moving around in the room around us. And we brought a, a medium with us who was at my presentation last year. And she said, Dave, I sent something really weird there. If you go back, I'd love to join you. So I brought her with this year and the spirits recognized her and called her out by name during the investigation.
1: Okay, wait a minute here. Now yeah. I, I got to back up to the, one of the first things you said is that the Lexing mm-hmm. the people at the Lexington said we have people out from time to time investigating. What is going on there? What? Are, what where, where? Who are these spirits? Uh, were they? Are they like old members of the Lexington restaurant of years past? What's going on there?
2: Well, you know st paul is such a beautiful place with such a rich history Correct. and when you've got gangsters and people running around in st paul through most of the the 20s and 30s there's a lot of sordid history to the area as well and it was an apartment building and there were fires and people have died there and there are a few former employees of the lexington that are still known to stop by uh, last year when we began our investigation we had two of the employees with us and we went down into the uh Cooking area, and we started doing an EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. We were recording, and Jack, the former head chef who passed away a few years ago, yeah. uh, I came knew through. You. I knew Jack. Yeah. Yeah. He came through, he and did? both of the guys we were with just their jaws hit the floor when he said hi to them. So, yeah, the, the place is hopping. We had a lot of strange phenomena with footsteps. We uh, caught some EVP while we were there. We had. One of the devices we have is kind of a yes-no board, uh, an electronic board, and we were having a conversation with somebody down in the basement area in one of the locker rooms for a good five minutes, and it was answering yes and no questions and then just turned itself off. So I love going out to places, especially right here in our own backyard, because Minnesota has so many amazing historic sites, and it's great to go in and familiarize yourself with the history and understand why ghosts would be there in the first place, and you know, in, in most cases, ghosts are just kind of a an interesting element to remind us of the past so that we, you know, never forget where we came from and we continue to move forward and educate ourselves to hopefully lead a little bit better lives.
3: So, Dave, they were answering yes or no questions. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. sound like scary ghosts, like they're not out to haunt no. anybody or, or hurt anybody. So my my question is, why are they still there? And do they, are they there all the time or... Do these ghosts go other places? Like, what's 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 their purpose?
2: That's the, the million-dollar question. Why are ghosts staying in places like this? You know, I would think mm-hmm. the last place I would want to be is my, my former work environment as a ghost. I would think I'd want to be, right. you know, <laughs> seeing the Grand Canyon <laughs> or France. Not- Move exactly. on. right? Yes. I've spent
1: enough time here.
2: Right. <sighs> but on the other hand, when it's a job that you held a lot of pride for, and you were well-loved and well it re- revered, you, you'd think maybe there's going to be an element. And in some cases, we find that a lot of these ghosts are not fully realized personalities. They're fractals, small slices of us, if you will, that we leave behind in places that are meaningful for us, whether it's tragedy, happiness, love. Sometimes there's just that little spark of what we were that still remains there. And with Jack, Having that uh, kind of contact and the love that he had for the place it's no surprise that he would mm. still be roaming through the halls and do they stay there I don't know maybe when we're in there talking and calling out for somebody maybe they can come back over and visit for a few moments
1: I'd like to believe that you'd be able to be everywhere and you know in those places that you loved you'd be able to you know visit um, we got a text here Dave we're talking to Dave Schrader who uh, will be hosting. Uh, on Monday at the Lexington, uh, the Paranormal 60 reveals his findings from his overnight investigation of the Lexington. You can uh, visit, by the way, you can go out there, see Dave's uh, presentation, and mm-hmm. and you get a couple of cocktails and uh, some uh, appetizers. Um, got a text here, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask Dave what he found down in the coin room on his digital recorder. With the bartender and the voice that was discovered, it was very creepy. Do you know about that? Uh,
2: well, I I'm trying to recall if that I think that was the EVP we got of who we believed to be Jack at the oh, one point. Okay, um, mm. when we were down in that area, uh, and that was last year. I'm sorry. I've okay. done about a hundred ghost hunts sure. since then, so I don't have yeah. it as refreshed. I know we got a, a we definitely got a scream in one of the rooms on the audio recorder, mm. uh, and this time when we went That's down, terrifying. in that point, yeah, when we went down in that corn sorting room, there's this creepy doll that was sitting there. So we tried to do a little EVP work and see if we could get any uh, activity down there. And it was a little quieter there, but we were getting activity in different parts of the Lex. And if people go to the Lexington's website, and they, I think there's an events tab, if they pick it and scroll down, there's one Saturday, one Sunday, and then I'm on the one Monday for October 30th, they can sign up, get tickets. Come on out and have a good time and get to actually hear the ghost stories. And uh, aside from what we share from our findings, I'll also be talking about some of the other haunted experiences I've had throughout the uh, Minnesota area. There's a lot of different places that have had ghosts, and uh, I've been invited to be a part of investigation from Thayer's Bread and Breakfast up in Annandale to First Avenue to uh, the Palmer House Hotel, probably one of the most haunted hotels I've ever been to up in Sauk Center, Minnesota. Dale, to First Avenue to uh, the Palmer House Hotel, probably one of the most haunted hotels I've ever been to up in Sauk Center, Minnesota. So there's a lot of cool, creepy elements to our state that uh, I think people should examine and learn a little bit more about.
3: Dave, have you had an experience at CCO? because I have I used to do a night show my you know when I first started and mm-hmm. I also have had you know mediums in and they've gone down to the basement but you were here doing a show you were filling in for for Adam and myself uh, a few weeks right. ago did you have and did you get any vibe from the CCO building
2: uh no I didn't I but oh, I also okay, wasn't good. I'm not a medium so I don't I don't ah, have the ability to just okay. tune into these kind of things I usually would oh, break out okay. equipment and out of respect for uh, you know, the, the, position I was there to be <laughs> working, I wasn't really in <laughs> <Yes>. Ghostbuster mode, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I've, I've been to, you know, there's uh, quite a few different, uh, locations and, and radio stations that have haunting stories. And the one KQAL out in Winona, Minnesota, where I, I first started doing radio, the college radio station was haunted. And I was doing, I used to do Sunday nights, 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. with a show called Sunday Night Softly. So I was very Venus Flytrap. I had all the lights (laughs) off and just the glow of the boards as I'm playing Mm -hmm. love songs by request. And I look up, and in the window in front of me, somebody's standing there staring at me. And I kind of put my head back, and I waved them in, and they just stood there. I didn't know who was out there, so I got up and turned the light on behind me on the desk and went out and opened the door, and there was nobody there.
1: Oh Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, I would leave immediately.
3: Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> oh, that's it. I'm resigned. Is that... Mm-hmm.
2: I think, you know, that you've got... Ghosts are not necessarily scary. And, you know, we also talk about this thing called time slip phenomena, which is really interesting. I had a guy reach out to me. He goes, Dave, explain this to me. My grandparents bought a cornfield. They built a house there. It's not native burial grounds. It's not a Civil War battleground. Nobody died there. Mm-hmm. They They raised their family there for over 35 years. One day, my grandmother's sitting there watching Jeopardy in the middle of the afternoon, and these three shadowy figures walk in, stop in front of her, and then ran out of the room. And now everybody's talking about how haunted Grandma's house is. He said she died two years later. About a year later, I stopped by to visit my grandfather, and I had two of my friends with And When we walked in the living room, my grandmother was sitting in that chair, and we all three stopped and looked at each other and ran out of the room. And I stopped, and I said, wait a minute. That was exactly what she described. Story. So who was haunting who in that moment? My
3: God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm just freaking me out, Dave. My goodness. See, <laughs> I know you think it's not scary, but I think that's scary. That's,
2: yeah. That's oh, I think it's fascinating. Yes. Yeah, it mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. that there's so much more to life than what we, you know, getting up, brushing our teeth, putting on our clothes, going to work and wash, rinse, repeat, uh, you know, yeah, be aware, be open and yep. look at the things around us. And there's so much magic, uh, so many amazing elements of who we are as humans and what we leave behind that if you actually pay attention, you might actually get to hear them.
1: David, would you, do you have like, a, would you have a something in mind for like the most haunted place in Minnesota? Yeah.
2: <sighs> Offhand, I would say probably uh, the Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, okay. Minnesota. Yeah. Mm. I've stayed there dozens of times, and I, I don't think I've ever been let down in how weird it got there. Really?
4: But again, wow. nothing
2: evil, nothing demonic. No. But you're hearing things. People have had sheets mm-hmm. ripped off the bed while they're laying on the bed. I, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. There's, <laughs> my first time that I visited, they were walking me around, and I'm always skeptical of any place with a gift shop that it's haunted, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and Kelly... The owner is lovely and i'm standing up in lucy's room mm-hmm. the door is propped open and it's an old unsettled built building so things are a little uneven in spots and the door is like wedged up on the carpet and as i'm talking to uh, kelly she goes well this is lucy's room she haunts this room she's not real fond of men we think she was one of the mm-hmm. former ladies of the night that used to work here when it was a brothel <laughs> and and i smarmily just kind of looked up and i said well too bad for you. We're spending the night together, Lucy. And the door next to me just slammed shut. Oh, and it had to boy. be moved hard. I mean, I heard it drag across the carpet and it slammed. And then she looked at me and she goes, yep, good luck with that tonight, Dave. <laughs> so got to be kind to the ghosts, too. Sometimes yeah, when you're, be nice. Uh, I was a little skeptical, yeah. but it, it certainly hit. We got EVP. People are hearing walking down the halls. A couple times we would be woken up to the sound of people running up and down the halls. And then we'd open our doors and you'd see people's doors open up and down the hallway, and we're all poking Mm -hmm. our head out and there's nobody there running around. So, yeah. yeah.
3: Dave, so is that, and and I know we need to let you go, but is there any truth to, you know, this kind of activity becoming more active during Halloween? Is there a reason why this is the spooky time of year? October, you know, 31st is there? Or is it just that we're
1: um, more open to it?
3: Yeah.
2: Right. I think that that's more the case. This is the month we're more open and looking for it. I think a phenomenon takes place around us, daytime, nighttime. It's kind of like, you know, we ghost hunt on TV I've been on the Holzer Files and Ghost of Devil's Perch TV show on Travel Channel, and everybody was asked, why just at night? Well, because, A, it looks spookier at night, but, B, we don't have people with their lawnmowers out. Dogs aren't barking. People aren't talking. They're not washing their cars and making racket outside, so it's a lot quieter. And then you can hear when there are disturbances something taking place. So I think it's that same kind of feeling that when we get into October, people are more open to the spookiness, and they, they listen more, and they pay attention more, so they notice it more.
1: David, quickly again, uh, Monday, what do people need to know about uh, what's happening at the Lexington?
2: Well, if they head over to the Lexington's website um, and click, I think, it's on their events tab and scroll down, they'll see the three dates, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'll be there Monday night. They can get tickets. Come on in. I'll be talking about ghosts. We'll share some of the evidence we've captured there and uh, share some of the other spooky stories from around Minnesota.
1: And it's the Lexington's. You get a great meal. Thanks, Dave. Uh Happy Halloween. Thank you both. Yeah,
2: happy Halloween. Take care. Dave Schrader. Thanks,
3: Dave. It is fun to talk about. It is. Okay. All right. So did you, have you had a a paranormal experience, Adam?
1: Well, the thing is, I think, well, we'll talk about it after the break. Yes. Yes. I'll say yes, and I'll explain Mm -hmm. why I think we're open to it next. Excellent. So uh, our thanks to Dave Schrader. It is fascinating. And that's because, and I know there's still a lot of people that roll their eyes. DJ was rolling his eyes.
3: Oh, come on, DJ. Like, you've never seen a ghost.
1: But I, I don't think I've ever seen a ghost either. But I'm not not—I'm not willing to say that they don't exist. Or, And, I mean, I listen to Dave Schrader, and the guy, it's not like, yeah, I mean, he makes a living out of it. But I think he is totally, absolutely, 100% believes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, I'm hearing a ghost right now. I don't know what that is. What is that?
3: It, is it Jerry? It's
1: a pot... <laughs> Sounds like a plane, but
3: oh, that's probably the guy mowing his lawn or something outside okay. my house.
1: Yeah. Wait a door. minute! I'm here. I'm getting a sense somebody's <laughs> mowing their lawn somewhere. Um, yeah. No. But <laughs> like, I believe, and, and I think, what it, even if it's not like whatever you believe, if you believe it, then that's all that matters. Then it is true, right? If we, if if you believe it, then Absolutely. it's true. It's true for you. Like I've noticed since my father's passed away, I notice quarters now, like a uh, uh, on the ground. I have, like, I notice them everywhere now. Now, do I think my dad is somehow placing quarters around? Because uh, there's no, like, connection I have with him that has anything to do with quarters, I don't think. But that's, that, in my own way, that's, that's like, I believe that. Like, he's reminding me, hey, there's a quarter. That's my dad saying hi to me. So hmm, That's I so mean, sweet. But that's, and some other person saying, you know, you might come up to me and say, well, no, it's just... You're you're just noticing them more a bit. They've those quarters of, they've people they fall out of pockets all the time and they're everywhere. But no, I mean that's what I believe. So that's that's good enough for me.
3: So you've never had an experience where you? Th- I mean, other than the quarters, uh, you've never had an I, experience where like you saw something or somebody spoke to you or you, I don't know, like the do- you know, the dogs were barking at something weird. Nothing like that.
1: Not that that I've noticed. Like actual vision or something i mean there's things where it's like yeah something i'll catch my eye and then i kind of realize okay then i there's another there's an explanation for it but initially you're like well what's that Uh, but no i don't i've never seen a ghost have you seen a ghost
3: Yes, I have, actually. I have uh, a couple stories. I um, One was I used to live in, a, in an apartment when I worked in Indianapolis, and as a news anchor there, I worked in a very, very old building called the Turnverein. I'm pretty sure it's still there. We lived in downtown um, Indianapolis, and it was on the top level. And the Turnverein uh, has a, a building that's been around, much like the CCO building, like uh, over 100 years. And it used to be what they called like a gymnasium, which was actually a school mm-hmm. for Um, I don't know if it was like expats from Germany, or it was it was some kind of like an upscale school. And on the top was like a ballroom. And one night I was sleeping. And I saw people dancing. I went, you know, I was sleeping and I think, I mean, I'm sure it was a dream, but it was a very specific dream and people were dressed in their ball gowns. Somebody came to visit me in my bedroom, a woman in a ball gown and said like, it's okay, don't worry. And she, you know, it was a dream and she took me out and I saw all these people dancing and and, like sitting at tables. It was like a party. It's like a bar mitzvah, you know, except it was like, uh, you know, back in these big ball gowns. So it was like early, early 1900s kind of thing. And I thought it was really weird and that i'm pretty sure it was the same night the dog had a small dog at the time and my husband wasn't at home he was traveling woke me up and casey started barking and i'm like what are you it's the middle of the night and remember i was waking up at like 3 a.m to go do my morning show so it was like at one or something like that in the middle of the night she and she was like a very lazy dog very happy to sleep she it was a two-level apartment she runs downstairs and starts barking at the front door I'm like, Casey, nobody's here. And I look through the people. It's the middle of the night. I wasn't Mm -hmm. gonna open the door. And then she goes back up the stairs where our bedroom was and she's barking and sniffing all the way up the stairs as if like somebody was next to her walking up the stairs. It was totally freaked me out and if I wasn't so exhausted from working the morning show I probably would have like left the apartment right then but it was all like a blur it was a total blur um, and I, I I definitely think somebody entered the apartment and was looking around and was coming to visit an apartment that they they used to use to hang out in or party in or whatever i didn't you know what's funny about this is that i didn't feel unsafe i didn't like in the moment i wasn't uh, nervous or anxious or thinking or freaking out in the moment i was like oh this is a really beautiful party or and casey you know what are you doing the dog was barking at this person and i know i sound nuts to some of you but that really happened to me and i really think that that was a true experience
1: all right, we're getting texts about. Oh, I bet we are. I want to hear your ghost experience. Mm-hmm. Should we just do that uh, in the next? Yeah, segment? let's six, do five, it. One, Four, six, on, yeah. uh, here's a. I just want to read this text before we uh, before we head head out here. Uh, I went to a fortune teller one time. She was laughing, so I punched her. My mother always told me to strike a happy medium. <laughs> <laughs> Try the veal, folks. We'll do uh, we'll t- well traffic done. and weather and more ghost well stories done. coming up on CCL. Well done. So the caveat here is we had Dave Schrader on at the top of the hour. He's having his event uh, at the Lexington on Monday. You can show up to Lexington, pay the ticket, and uh, get a couple cocktails and hear about uh, the haunted restaurant that is the Lexington. But it leads to a larger conversation about what. And the thing is, it's like if you're open to belief, then I think you see things around you. And instead of analytically trying to say, you know, this is oh, th- this happened because of that, it's, or a coincidence. Uh oh. Uh oh. The dog senses something. Yes, I hear you, dog. Is Jordana there? I don't know. I don't know either. The dog is there. The, the dog took over, I guess. Um, but you're open to that. Uh, so many texts. I don't believe in traditional ghosts, but I do believe there are spirits. Stop it. Get out of my way. I've I've heard multiple <laughs> similar stories of I, I sense a spirit coming uh, right now. Uh, I've heard multiple stories of people seeing spirits rise to the sky after deaths of people. Um. Somebody else says it seems like a good place to put a California psychics commercial. Yes. <laughs> um. I was at my cousin's house when I was a kid. We were playing in the backyard. You could sense someone was watching. And in the upstairs window, looking into the backyard, I saw who I thought was my uncle. I said, oh, your dad is watching us from upstairs. My cousin said, that's not my dad. He had a beard and was wearing a hat, but the beard was longer. Looking back, we're sure it was our other uncle who tragically passed before either of us were born. There are other stories of our older cousins seeing him when he was little and saying his name. Hmm. And did I, you
3: read this one already? That it's all in our subconscious.
1: No, that's Do you what I think it is. No, that's what I started the conversation by. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think you're either open to it, in saying that this is a, a paranormal experience, right. or you're right. just someone who automatically would say, "Well, uh, analytically, uh, this is." You'll you'll come up with an excuse or a a reason for mm-hmm. it. And I think just kind of we put ourselves in that category, not to say one is wrong, um, but I think that's kind of how we view things.
3: I'll tell you this Adam when I um was sick I was taking so much pain medication yeah. it was one of those things when I was hospitalized like that you have a pump for you have a pump near you cuz the pain was so excruciating that you're allowed to manage your own pain and yeah. it's stronger than morphine but what this pain and I don't even remember what it was called but what this pain medication did was it often causes delusions mm-hmm. but I didn't know this before because I was so out of it and I was so sick um and I did. I, I started having – I told this to Paul a little bit when I was going through it, and David's heard some stories. I would have um, de- delusions, yeah. de- they, and, and they would come in the form of um, visions. And I would see like a man sitting on the couch in my hotel room, a woman crawling up the wall in, in my in, – not hotel, excuse me, in my hospital room. Um, you know, a lot of it was, and apparently this is a common thing with people who have delusions, um, there were like um, insects, a lot of bats or mice mm-hmm. or rats or, or bugs that were would be crawling on me or around my hospital room. And I remember at first I tried to hide it because I didn't understand it. So my doctor would be like, how are you feeling? Are you okay with the pain meds? And I didn't tell him because I honestly didn't want to be committed because I definitely thought I was going crazy. But when I say it, 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 it like I told, I told my family, it sort of opens a portal in your brain where you see things. Yeah. And it's pain medication. So your brain is altered or whatever's happening in your body, you know, this is due to the medication. But it makes you wonder, is it, because we use so little of our brain as humans, Yeah. is it really um, fake? Or is all that is stuff opening, real? Yeah. And I could just see it because a part of my brain was accessed that the regular human brain doesn't get to see. And it wasn't, I mean, some of it was scary, like the bugs and things like that. They were, like I get, they were never really there. Terrifying visions, yeah. They were terrifying visions and the bats that were flying around my room. It was terrifying and horrible. But um, is that true of also the people that I saw? That were joining me in the hospital room. I don't know. And again, so is that what ghosts are? Are they another level of our brain working, or were they real? But it's just that when we're human, we use—or you know, when we're um, not medicated, we use so little of our brain, we just don't have access to see into that dimension.
1: Well, there's many cultures and many people who believe that you know substances, whether they're natural or chemical, that they do open our minds to Mm -hmm. other dimensions and other portals and there's absolutely people that 100 percent believe that so yeah is it i it's fascinating to me i mean that's fascinating mm, i
3: have a stuff. newfound respect for people who see stuff because the stuff that i was seeing when i was sick um it was real to me you know it felt very real to me at the time and i would think things that like you know, weren't real where, you know, oh, my son is coming to visit me this afternoon and he wasn't even in the state, <laughs> you know, and right. I would tell the nurses these things and they were like, Jordana, uh, no, he's not. You're not allowed to have visitors. And I was like, no, no, he, he is. I just talked to him and, and like those are things that didn't happen. Yeah. So I can see where some people's brains have work in different ways.
1: Text we just got. I've had multiple experiences with family members visiting. Only a sheer mm. veil separates us in yes. the next world. And when you come to realize that more, uh, you'll... You'll yeah, they didn't finish more, the text, yeah.
3: but but that's that is how it felt, friends. And when people like I don't people who have near death experiences often say that. Oh, it's just like it's right there. It's it's right on our level. It's just a veil. And that is how it felt when I would be, you know, seeing yeah. these things in my hospital room. And it was a, by the way, it was scary. It was scary for the people around me. I'm sure because I be, I so believed the th- this is why I I couldn't you know obviously I was hospitalized and I they always had to have somebody in the room with me I wasn't allowed to be alone ever someone sat with me while I tried to sleep because they were afraid I was going to hurt myself or they were afraid I was going to you know do something crazy so I had to be watched and um, it was a very scary time in my illness I re- and I remember a lot of it. But I remember it being very real. Like, and I would have to say the, to the doctor or the nurses sometimes, I would say to them, because I sort of cerebrally knew what was happening to me, I would say, how many people are in the room with us? Because there were always multiple people in the room that I saw. And the nurse would say, Jordana, it's just you and wow. me. It's just the two of us. And I was like, okay. And that calmed me because after I was educated on what was happening to me, I could be lucid and say, okay, I can understand on a level that what I'm seeing is not real mm. or, or what I'm seeing, at least, if, not that it's not real, but like they don't see that too. There's not a physical person or sitting with me. But, but when, so when I don't poo poo anybody's yeah, visions no. or, uh, or, or what they say they saw, because maybe we just don't see it because we're not either medicated or don't have access to that part of our brain. But it was real for me.
1: Anne is in St. Paul. Chime in here, Ann, on the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line.
4: Yeah, hi. Uh, it's it, Interesting conversation, and it just drummed up so many uh, uh, memories for me when I was 25 and I'm 70 now. Um, my dad passed away uh, in his 50s. And um, so I was staying with my mom at, at her house where – in my bedroom where i slept as a kid growing up and um my dad passed away and i stayed stayed there a couple of days so i went to bed one night and and i'm laying on my side and i felt my dad's presence standing right next to the bed it was so strong that i was afraid to turn around but i wasn't afraid mm. and i felt somebody pull the covers up around my neck and just stand there and
1: like tucking you and,
4: in. Yeah. Like tucking me yeah. in. Yeah. And Sweet. he had called me, I, I, I was going to take a trip. The uh, first time I ever went away from home and uh, my dad was at work and he called me before I went on that trip. And, and when I answered the phone, I thought he was, you know, calling for my mom mm-hmm. and he said, no, I just wanted to talk to you. And, um, just, just tell you to have a, a nice trip, and it just—it was—it wasn't that kind of guy, you know. Right. I rarely mm. had, you know. I was in my twenties. Yep. He was, mm-hmm. you know, you know. I had nothing, you know. My dad didn't call me, but he did, exactly. and I don't know if he mm-hmm. had a premonition. Huh. Um, but I'm gonna quickly just tell you one oh, other thing and i'm
1: sorry i'm sorry we got we're out of time I'm so sorry but oh, we're no. up against uh up against the clock and we'll we'll do this some other time but thank you so much very touching story and absolutely see i'm not saying that that didn't happen absolutely yeah. that that was your yeah. dad there uh 11 uh we're up against the clock we uh do the friday rewind uh, we'll revisit uh the highlights uh from this week next Former Governor Tim Pawlenty, who's hosting for Chad today and tomorrow, joins us as a Republican, as you, you see what has happened in the House of Representatives over the last week or so. How does that make you feel about your party?
4: You know, Congress, uh, not good. I mean, to be just blunt, it's, it's just sort of dysfunctional, chaotic, yeah. weird. Um, and nobody loves that. But, but politics is messy. This is a messier moment than most. If they do get a speaker and he or she survives more than six months,
1: a year from now nobody will remember or care too much about this. So a lot depends on what happens over the arc of the next twelve months. So, but how does it look? Make the Republican Party look stupid? Um, You know, sixty-seven percent of the American population, according to a USA Today poll, wants
4: them to pick a speaker Mm -hmm. promptly. You know, we got a lot of issues floating around, obviously.
3: General Elliot Chadoff is now a political and military analyst. He is currently living in Israel, and he is joining us now. Tell us about your current status. Where are you and what's been happening this morning?
2: The operational forces are are running drills They're preparing. There's a huge, this is no secret, we we called up um, over 400,000 reservists in the first week since the massacre. Uh, Some of them are up north in case Hezbollah gets out of hand. And the majority are down here in the South, geared up, and waiting for us to go in, which will happen when the political echelon decides they want to do it.
3: Michigan played Michigan State this weekend. And my ex-husband sent me the picture of Hitler on the scoreboard at the Michigan State.
1: Uh, Wait a minute, what? Yeah. Hitler?
3: This was absolutely an opportunity for somebody to put up a picture of Hitler in a flash of anti-Semitism because of what's going on in the world I in no way think that this was an accident
1: do I think it was an intentional show of anti-Semitism to put that question up there I would I would I would say no I, I don't I'm not willing to believe that
3: Let's head to the phone lines now. Dave's in Andover. Dave, sorry for this heavy news this morning. It's another tragedy in America.
2: I disagree with you. You know, you want gun laws, gun control. There is no such thing. If someone in this society wants a gun, you can go out on the street you know, and buy one. There's people breaking into homes, stealing, stealing guns. They go out, you know, and sell them.
1: Randy's in Minnetonka. Randy, go ahead.
2: You know you think about these young kids and it's just generational now it's not just the last 10 years mom or dad are just beat from their work day Jimmy Sally just go away now just go play go play mama's busy okay go play your games maybe a very very uh, disturbing video game mom and dad don't care they're out of their hair then they call their friend or text their friend how many people did you kill today
1: as a cranky co-worker, admitted cranky co-worker, not all the time, but I have known to have my uh, moods, you need me in the office. You need a cranky co-worker. <laughs> uh, Jerry is called in on the City's One plumbing oh. Talk and text line.
4: And I'd like to agree with Adam. I can't believe I'm doing it. I-, I was that person. Well, listen, it's gotten to be so disgusting in these office workplaces, at least where I was. I've retired now. I took an early retirement with the COVID. Before that, you could see all of this stuff coming in where they're dumping their problems on us. Then they expect us to listen and spend time in the office listening to them complain about themselves. And we're not going to do that. I wasn't going to do that. And, And in an office situation, you know, you're taking up valuable time. You're getting paid for by talking about this drivel and expecting us to care about what you've got going, and it doesn't need to be that way.